Eight minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, Mike and Megan, the team from Black Rifle, in the studio. And, and I've got to tell you that while the bump was playing, Mike was sort of dancing in his chair. Lip syncing. Is that what you were doing? Lip syncing? Oh, yeah. I, was, I swear, I need to get a list of your bumper music from Brian. Because <laughs> I'm going to make a playlist and I'm going to make it available. <laughs> because I just sit there and just kind of... You, you know, know what? Do you, do you guys have uh, uh, like a Muzak sort of system at, uh, at Black Rifle? Uh, we have a speaker that plays music. <laughs> so I made a playlist that could play. <laughs> See, yeah, then you could play that in the background all yeah. day. Of course, then on Saturdays, you'd be like beating yourself to death going, I cannot listen to that again. Well, I mean, you got a pretty good selection. I mean, you got Peter Gunn and you got, you know, quite a few things that, you know, Bonanza, I think, and or Rawhide or, you know, there's, 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 there's a good selection of bumper music there. We have to uh, owe that all to Brian Hansen who put that together. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Years ago. Yeah, he doesn't do much. But, oh, good morning. But he does that well. <laughs> Good morning. No, he does a lot. He does it well. Megan, good morning. How good are you? Good morning. Good. Uh, you brought in some uh, really in interesting uh, stuff here. Heck and yeah. This, uh, I will just say this. It's a SIG, and it is uh, very impressive to me. I Yeah. I, I, was, mean, I was really surprised. <laughs> like we might uh -huh. be talking about the guns before we normally do this yeah, morning, because um, that, that thing is super impressive. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, that is one of the guns that Megan hasn't seen me this excited about a gun in a long time. Wow. True so, story. Let me just... It's curious. Or like ever. Was it Was it really ever? So. Um, wow. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... That's it's, a new that's, level. That is impressive. We'll get to that a little later in the program. But we have to start off with Springfield, Missouri. Dimitri, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Uh, well, maybe. All right. Andrichenko. How's that? That sounds Andrichenko. Uh, 20 years old, accused of walking into a Springfield neighborhood market on Republic Road in Golden last Thursday, armed fully and with plenty of ammo. It set off a panic among the shoppers. It led to Andrechenko being held at gunpoint and arrested. He is charged with making a terroristic threat. Interestingly, um, I don't think this guy is guilty of anything but exceedingly stupid behavior. Being and a jack wagon. <laughs> well, yeah, that's you could say that on the radio because what I was thinking of saying about him, you can't say on the radio. Yeah, I, I saw. I immediately had the Geico commercial with Arlie Ermey. <laughs> I was like, he's a jack wagon. So, <laughs> um, what he he apparently was not trying to scare people. He even contacted, he alleges, the store in advance. Uh, here's the audio. I I guess regret is the timing. I didn't take it into perspective. His actions caused fear and panic at a local Walmart. Armed with a tactical rifle and a lot of ammo, a man walked into a Springfield neighborhood market just days after two mass shootings. From KY3 News, I'm Lisa Rose. I'm Ethan Forehead, in for Steve tonight. Tonight, Dmitry Andrichenko is out of jail and today talked only to Sarah Forehead about what he was thinking. Sarah sat down with him earlier and has his story. Sarah? Hey, Lisa and Ethan. Yes, we have talked to police officers. We talked to customers who were in the store that night and tonight for the first time Androchenko is talking he's 20 years old born in Ukraine but moved to America when he was two years old says that he respects this country and the laws and says that he is shocked as a gun enthusiast to now be facing prison time for carrying one and in fact could be deported if he's convicted this is how last Thursday ended. Dmitry Androchinko held at gunpoint by a veteran with a concealed carry license. Praise God that he was trained 
and uh, that he was able to see that I wasn't threatening anyone and, and didn't shoot me. So, praise God. Andrew Chinko says he now realizes it could have ended horribly for him. It was foolish. I, I didn't give it thought. That's why it was, it was so... It was so innocent that I didn't even think this would happen. He claims he even talked to a Walmart manager before he showed up in the parking lot. I called Walmart to make sure this was allowed. Um, and they said it was. So if, Open carry. Yeah. Yeah, like in their like long rifles. I called and asked if I can open carry a long rifle. So. And they said you could? Yeah. Dimitri says shoppers didn't seem shocked. And no one was screaming or running, he claims, until after the fire alarm was pulled. The gun was holstered. I, I never touched it after I put it on. As for the tactical clothing and loaded weapons. Yeah, there, there, was, there was ammo in the, in the mag, but that's, it's just how I, that gun sits in my car. It's not like, it sits in my car the way it was. So I just picked it up out of my trunk. I always have it there for self-defense, just in case something happens. And same with the vest. Um, it had mags in it that were full of ammo, but those mags are there for the range. I practice a lot. I want to be efficient in, uh, in rifle and in, in shooting, um, just in case if I ever needed to use my guns for self-protection. Now, in the short term, he's defending his intentions. I just want people to know that there, there, was no, there, there was no evil to what I did. This wasn't like a, a hate-inspired act. This was purely innocent. I just didn't think the, the timing was just so off. I would never want to hurt anyone. I pray to God that everything works out. And if convicted of making a terroristic threat, which is what he's been charged with, again, that's a four to seven year sentence. Also, the deportation could come because since he was uh, born in Ukraine, he is a permanent U.S. resident, but he is not a citizen. So that matter would be decided in federal court. Also, we can tell you that he and his wife are expecting their first child in January. And also, Ethan and Lisa, we reached out to Walmart today, talked to them. They did send us a statement essentially saying that they do support the U.S. Constitution. They also support each state and jurisdiction laws wherever that Walmart sits. So, of course, in Missouri, they say that they do support open carry because of our state law. And they say it doesn't matter if it's a short gun, a long gun, no matter what kind of gun because the law itself supports that. Back to you. All right. So, you know, this really uh, opens a can of worms. He, he apparently the manager did deliver the message that Walmart uh, stands by that it would have been legal to open carry a long rifle. And that's what he did. Yeah. Uh, there's no law that says you can't carry ammo. Right. Correct. So. Right. So, yeah, so, I mean, like like he said, though, I mean, it's the biggest understatement in all of that. <laughs> and and all of that was the timing was bad. Yeah, really sucking out water, didn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not, I mean, not a, very good. a little, I mean, I, I, I totally respect the fact that, you know, we have open carry in the, in the, with the Constitution. He was just exercising his constitutional right to carry a firearm. Um, but you've got to realize that not everybody is going to respond the way you want them to, or not everybody is going to stay calm. There are going to be people that are going to freak out. And, you know, fortunately, like he said, you know, people weren't too bothered by it until, you know, later on. You know, when Yeah, he's walking around the store with this, and nobody is screaming, ah! Hey, they're just shopping, and he's... So he wasn't really inducing panic. The panic started when they hit the fire alarm. Do yeah. they know who actually hit the fire alarm? I think alarm? the manager did. Really? Yeah, somebody uh, may have complained, 
and then uh, he hit the fire alarm. But I'm just curious. I'll go around between the two of you, and I'll start with Megan. Uh, if you were the prosecutor, would you have charged this guy with anything, or would you have just admonished him to not be so stupid? Probably admonished him. Yeah, you yeah. don't you don't see a terroristic threat in what he was doing. No, and especially because he says that he contacted them ahead of time. Um, I think the only reason they did charge him was because it Walmart ended up being evacuated. I think. Well, but the only reason they got evacuated because it was a fire alarm was pulled, right. and that wasn't his doing. He didn't induce the panic there. Somebody like a solitary person, which is not conducive to being a terroristic threat, right. felt violated, offended, whatever. They pulled the fire alarm. Well, I um, so it wasn't his act. That per- whoever pulled the fire alarm should be charged with that. <laughs> well, no, you can't. But you can't do that to the to the manager. Uh, well. <laughs> it wasn't because it wasn't a tur- he didn't threaten anybody. Neither, neither did this guy. Right. Uh, anybody caused a panic for something that didn't need to be caused a panic. Yeah. Over. Well, if anybody is guilty of of, of anything, it is uh, Andrachenko is guilty of stupid. Yep. Yes. But I am curious to see what listeners think. Would you have prosecuted this guy, and on on what grounds? Um. And, and I'm curious to see just what people think about that whole story. Uh, I've had some people uh, tell me that, you know, that he was. Uh, doing this on purpose to scare people and so he should be charged uh it doesn't sound like it to me uh, having con- i don't know i just i just think that uh well, the the simplest thing is and it's what i try to tell people all the time is just because you can doesn't mean you should no argument yes. there you know i mean it, it, it's pretty simple logic should prevail you know people you know there are there are people out there that aren't going to be comfortable seeing a firearm, especially completely when you're tacked out with vests, mm-hmm. mag carriers, and you have and an inside AR- a Walmart, yeah, that, yeah, in an AR slung. You know, I mean, if you walked in there with your fishing vest and it had flies and everything hanging on it and your cap on, you know, that's a totally different story. But you know, when you're when you're dressed to fit a another <laughs> activity. You know that that could raise some alarms, and you got to expect some people are going to have some resistance to it, and it's going to make people uncomfortable. Uh, so, especially after you know going to a place where there was already an incident that occurred. Exactly, it comes and, back down to the timing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did that go blank? No. Yeah. So, um, it did again. Did it just hit the? Yeah. All right. So well, now get to her. <laughs> I hit the button too many what are you, times. What are you trying, trying to do to get here? your credit card information yeah, here. <laughs> um, all right, so the um, <laughs> the question is, uh, if you're the prosecutor, would you have just let this guy go? Do you think the prosecutor just overreacted because of the outrage and the bad timing? 874-9390, toll free 800-529-5572. You're listening to Gary on Guns, 93.9 Eagle. Hey, welcome. It is 24 minutes after the hour. We've been on the air almost a half an hour. Did we mention that you're from Black Rifle? Did we let people know that uh, you know, I said Megan and Mike? From Black Rifle? Yeah, did yeah, I say yeah, from you said Black, Black Rifle crew. I just want to make sure so that... We, well, just in case, I'm Mike. And this I'm is Megan. The, and we're from Black Rifle. See, yeah. you should switch that around. It should have been her voice saying, I'm Mike. <laughs> and I'm Megan. Uh, I, can't, I can't do that to her. <laughs> just would have been, uh, you know, different for yeah. people. Uh, in any case, um, we're talking about this guy uh, in, in Springfield who went into the Walmart. Uh, do you think the prosecutor overreacted, charging him with a terroristic threat? I think he did. I think he's guilty of stupid, and I don't think that's a crime. Uh, if you uh, want in, 874-9390. The toll-free is 
529-5572. That gets you into the studio. Uh, in the meantime, uh, there is a, a piece, um, and this originally shows up at uh, OzarkFirst.com. 17 places you can't carry a concealed weapon in Missouri, whether you have a license or not. Uh, let's just see how accurately they've gone through this list. Uh, I was number one, that list last night. Were you really? Yeah. Did you see any faults in it? Uh, initially, no. I mean, I, th there's a few of them that they spread out, like they actually put as different bullet points, essentially, where they could probably condense a few of them. But uh, I don't know that I got down the whole list because I was like, wow. I was like, these like these three or four could all be condensed under one. But go for it. All right. Number one, any law enforcement station. This includes police, sheriff, highway patrol, even licensed carriers can't enter with a weapon without the consent of the chief law enforcement officer in charge of that office or station. Now, like, that would be a really stupid move, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, within 25 <laughs> feet of any polling place on any election day. Number three, any detention or correction institution, prison or jail for adults or kids. Number four, any courthouse or building used by a court, circuit, appellate, or supreme. Yeah, I could see where you could perhaps condense some of this. Any government meetings from local government to state legislature. But you can carry in the state house, can't you? Yes, mm -hmm. they, did, they did change yeah. that. Uh, any government-owned building except public housing. Um, so what about the driver's license bureau? Uh, the driver's license uh, and, and uh, registration... Those are all privately owned, aren't they? I believe so. They're they're, they're, they're contractors, so oh. I, I believe you can technically carry there. Um, yeah, go for it. Uh, Bars, except owners, without the consent of the owner or manager. Which is funny, because yeah. uh, I have a friend of mine that is actually uh, starting an endeavor with a new bar. They're working on everything now, and as soon as I found out that she is going to be opening a bar, like the first thing on my mouth was, do I have permission to carry in your bar when I come visit you? <laughs> She's like, yeah. yes. <laughs> yep. Um, you guys, uh, I'm, I'm sure you know, but uh, Megan may not know that uh, my family's been in the tavern business mm -hmm. for three generations. And we just sold Nolan's Bar in Cleveland about two months ago. Really? You know, for the first time since 1960, uh, none of the Nolans owns a bar. But one of the things that I wanted to make sure of is that we had uh, concealed carry permit holders were allowed to carry. Because I think that makes the place a lot safer, yeah. even even where there's alcohol. Uh, and, of course, I would watch to make sure that nobody had too much alcohol if they were carrying. But when the bad guy goes into a place knowing that there are other people who are carrying, I think they tend to behave a little better. Typically, yeah. yeah. Typically. And, I mean, it depends on you know how much they've been served because sometimes all logic goes out the window well, at that point. So yeah, but if you're going to be an idiot or an ass and yeah. uh, whip out a gun um, and there's nobody else armed, eh, then you've got real uh, a real massacre. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number eight, you may not carry at any airport. Um, any place where carrying a firearm is prohibited by federal laws. Number nine, uh, they should have gone into a little more detail on those. Uh, number 10, schools and colleges. But schools and colleges mean, well, let me see if this is, uh, this gets qualified here. Uh, again, without the consent of the governing body or the higher education institution or school official or the district school board, uh, you won't be able to tote a weapon. There are some places in, uh, in Missouri, mm -hmm. some schools, 
uh, where the faculty uh, at least carry, um, because it's allowed in the state of Missouri if the school board approves. The school board approves, then uh, you know, then you got a safe school, right? Uh, any child care facility without the consent of the manager, any riverboat casino without the consent of the owner or manager pursuant to rules promulgated by the Gaming Commission, any gated area of an amusement park. See, that's, you know what that tells me? That tells me that if a bad guy wants to go make a political statement mm -hmm. and really wreak havoc, I mean, shooting at kids as well mm -hmm. as parents, that all they have to do is go to uh, an amusement park. Yeah. yeah. Because there will be nobody to stop them. Mm -hmm. What is the matter with people? Why don't they see this? Uh, number 14, religious buildings. Without, again, the consent of the minister or person representing the religious organization, you won't be able to bring your weapon into uh, any kind of uh, sanctuary. Uh, is that illegal or is that... I mean, if I carry and they say, oh, you're... Yeah, some of these aren't necessarily criminal infractions. Yeah, it would be if if uh, the reverend or the priest or the or the rabbi said, "You have to leave," and I said, "No, I'm not leaving." Then I'm violating a law, but it's uh, invasion. It's uh, it's uh, trespassing. Yeah, I mean, because that that duly ties into number fifteen here. Any private property that has an off-limits to concealed firearm sign posted. Yeah, see, that doesn't hold the uh, that doesn't hold the weight of law. That just is basically, hey, I don't want you to carry here, and you should abide by it and just not give them your business. But right, any sporting arena or stadium with a seating capacity of five thousand or more. So if you got a seating capacity of four thousand nine hundred ninety nine, it's safe. <laughs> but that last person gets a chair. Whoa, yeah, now you're talking a trouble. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> That's going to be a bloodbath. Any public hospital. All right, there you go. You're listening to Gary on Guns, 93.9 Eagle. Hey, it's 35 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Megan and Mike in from Black Rifle, and we've been talking about a list that was uh, printed at uh, OzarkFirst.com, and it is a list of 17 places they say you can't carry a concealed weapon in Missouri, whether you have a license or not. Uh, and while we went through that list, Mike had a couple of uh, comments on a couple of those uh, uh a couple of numbers on that list. Well, for one, number nine says any place the carrying of a firearm is prohibited by federal law. And then they just go on to number 10. Yeah. Like, they give you no... Uh, Indication of what those places so might be. One, one big thing there for people to keep in mind is, you know, that would be places like the post office. You know, that's a federal building. Um, you know, and you have, you have people that go in there that go postal all the time. But, uh, yeah. yeah I, so, can, I can see where the IRS would not want anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, that's that's definitely going to be your your federal buildings. People need to keep in mind that post offices are definitely a big one. Like, out of all the ones that I look at, I'm like, I definitely make sure that I'm like, okay, I don't even have a gun in the car. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, the other one is uh, when you get to uh, uh, the sporting arena or stadium with a seating capacity of 5,000 or more. Uh, this could actually be extended a little bit to basically any venue that can accommodate five thousand or more so it doesn't necessarily have to be a sporting arena or stadium say you're at an outdoor concert in a field you know or something and there's over five thousand people in attendance that's, no it doesn't even have to have five thousand people in attendance just has to have room for five thousand people well that's where it kind of gets tricky uh because if it is literally like a field there's i mean 
Yeah, it, it, it's one of those gray areas. So <laughs> yeah. I would just say steer away from doing that. Um, yeah, it's uh, and there's uh, there's a few places like uh, I know around Bush Stadium in St. Louis uh, there used to be, and I don't know if it's still in, running or not. Uh, there was like a guy that actually had like a storage locker van um, that if you were coming up to the facility and you wanted to securely store your firearm until the end of the venue. Um, basically, you like rent this locker right there, and then you get it on the way back. But to me, I was always a little afraid of that because I'm like, hey, look, this guy now has a van full of firearms that aren't his. And, oh, he's not there when you get out? <laughs> but, yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I mean, the other thing, too, is, I mean, there are a lot of great resources out there, too. So, I mean, if all, if all else fails, I know you can go to learntocarry.com and get more information on this. Uh, Tim has got a great bit of information on there um you can definitely google a lot of the statutes and get a little bit more information but uh definitely make sure you're getting your information from a reputable source specifically you know more like a conceal and carry instructor you know because they're all they're always going to be uh they're always going to be more in the know because they have to keep their credentials up so they're going to be able to tell you the, the proper information absolutely um let's talk a little bit about uh, gun storage um if you've got kids in the house, you've really got to be careful. Um, but at the same time, if you want to be ready for the bad guy, the guns have to be accessible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so there has to be a compromise in there. Right. What would you guys recommend for somebody who has a family who has kids um, to have their firearm accessible and yet not accessible to the kids well if you're somebody that has multiple firearms uh, i would definitely recommend a safe um at minimum at least some type of lockable storage um that's one of the things people get confused on a lot is they'll see these gun cabinets you know at certain stores and they'll be like hey this is going to be what i need and that's cool that's going to keep good honest people out that's going to keep the kids out that's going to keep prying hands prying eyes things of that sort out of your collection that really doesn't give a lot of protection it's not going to give fire rating is if somebody comes in and tries to bash that thing with a hammer they're going to get in um but you know for people that aren't going to be trying to pry on it you know a gun cabinet a lockable gun cabinet is a good choice uh, if you want to up that protection and you want to have fire rating, you want to really, really, really have theft protection, I would definitely look into a safe. That's going to be for your larger bit of the collection. But, you know, then you have like an individual firearm that you're, you're daily carry that you want to make sure is safe. Uh, there's a company called Gun Vault. Uh, they make a lot of small little safes that you can attach to your nightstand, to your bed or something that you can either use a key, biometrics, a button press combination to get really quick access to. And the nice thing about that is, the, you know, if, if you're somebody that wears glasses, uh, put an extra set in there, put a flashlight in there, you know, put a, you know, pay-as-you-go mobile phone in there because all of those are going to be able to call 911 regardless of if you have minutes or not. So have the things that, God forbid, something happened in the middle of the night. You have everything you would need. You would have the gun. You would have your ammo. You would have glasses, flashlight, and a way to contact emergency services. So, I mean, something small like that would be great to have by your bed. With regard to the cell phone, understand the batteries die. You have to take it out and charge it every once in a while just to be sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 874-9390. The toll-free number is 800 Five two nine five five seven two. It's good thing Scott Van Kirk is not here today, because he would be disassembling everything you guys brought. Yep. But 
but he's not invited. He's not welcome here. I'm just happy that we. she has a gun that, you know, I, I don't have. Well, I have, but I don't have. Does that make sense? No, yeah. the listeners are as confused. <laughs> how as many times? How many times? Even I, you're confused now. <laughs> how many times have I brought a gun and been like, "Hey, check out this new gun," but you can't have this one because it's mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you brought one in that uh, is available. That's a good thing. Yeah. Let's go to the phones. Gary is on the line. Hey, Gary, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. How are you this morning? Good. Um, I've heard rumors that if you've got a medical marijuana card, you can't have a uh, firearm or you can't buy one. Is that? Yeah, have that's a, not a rumor. Yeah, that that's, is correct. That is correct. Uh, because regardless of what the state says uh, federally, you still cannot uh, use marijuana and purchase a firearm. Any kind of long-term definition as to whether or not that will continue that way? If they the only way that would possibly change in, would be is if federally uh, <laughs> it gets legalized. Uh, on a state-by-state -state basis, because the 4473 uh, form asks if you, it asks if you're an unlawful user of, and by the federal definition, if you use it, you are an unlawful user, regardless of if you have a medical marijuana card or if it is okay via state. Federally, it is illegal. All right, now here is something to be careful about. You may think to yourself, well, the federal government isn't going to know, but they might. Uh, in particular, because we've got these uh, uh, these uh, laws against uh, opioid uh, shopping, and uh, if they can, can, and if you fill out that uh, NICS check and you say no, I don't do that, and they find out you've just lied under oath. Yep, that's a big problem. So yeah, so unfortunately for a lot of people, it is a conflict. So uh, unfortunately, I have the bad news of saying pick one, not both. So if you've got if you've got an existing concealed carry, you uh, you can't have a you, you can't get a you can't get a medical marijuana card. After right. The fact. Uh, you can you can get the medical marijuana card, but then your concealed carry permit is worthless. Okay. You can't, all right. All right, Gary. Thank you. Glad to have you in the Gary Nolcher. See, that's so stupid. The federal government. First off, uh, as a libertarian, I guess it's no surprise. I think it should be legalized. But about half the states now have already legalized marijuana in some form or yeah. other. And at some point, the federal government is going to have not an ally out there willing to arrest somebody for using marijuana. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they really need to just drop the whole thing. They've lost the war. Uh, they won battles for years, but they finally lost. Uh, and they need to just admit it and get I, I completely agree, and I need to apologize uh, to Gary that just called in for if I sounded really curt with my answers. Uh, the main reason there is I want to make sure that the law is understood. Um, because, I mean, right now it is cut and dried. It is black and white. They are not allowing any gray area in there. Right. Um, so from a firearms uh, expert standpoint, I want people to be able to use their firearms safely i want to then be able to use them legally um so you know it's it's a pick one not both type of thing right now um well, what the federal uh, government is encouraging frankly is uh underground sale of marijuana yep yeah uh and, or underground sale of firearms or both well yeah. the, the problem with the underground sale of firearms if they catch you with a firearm right uh mm -hmm. you're in just as much trouble uh, but if they uh, catch you with marijuana, they don't necessarily know you have a firearm unless you're carrying it with you. The, the bottom line here is uh, you're screwed. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, well, I thought well, I was going to come up with something really <laughs> clever, and I realized there is no clear. Yeah, it's it's pretty simple, and I I agree with you completely. I believe you know you can do it's your body, do with it what you want. I have no business telling you what to do with it. Uh, I don't believe the government has any business to tell you what to do with it. But uh, from a firearms employee standpoint, I've got to tell you the legal thing to do. Now, it, we all know people who have smoked pot. Uh, some in this room may have smoked pot. I don't know, and we don't have to disclose that. Yeah, he's he's passed out on the ground. Yeah, that's right. right. We, <laughs> we have medicated Rocco. Um, but to the best of your knowledge, have you ever met a pot smoker who had a buzz on that was anything but mellow? Have you ever seen somebody smoke pot and get like aggressive? Aggressive? No. Mm-mm. Oh, it kind of reminds me of the jokes. Like you know, if you have a drunk driver is going to run, you know. Uh, is going to run a stop sign. A uh, person who's high is going to wait for it to turn green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, uh, I've known people who smoke pot, and I've never seen anybody smoke pot and get crazy. I've seen them smoke pot and just slow down, yeah. like, mellow out. Yeah. Like, who gives a rodent's rectum? Uh, you know, there's a bomb under my seat. It's okay with me. Man, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I've never, you know, but alcohol, Yeah, which you can own a gun, um, even if you do drink, not necessarily a combination you want to do together, uh, but I've seen people become, you know, normally docile people become a number one first class overgrown a holes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, that's legal. and bulletproof. That's what that alcohol does. Yeah. So <laughs> just bizarre. All right, uh, you are listening to Gary on Guns. This is 93.9 The Eagle. It is 52 minutes after the hour. Megan and Mike on board from Black Rifle. Uh, a little while from now, after uh, after the news, we will uh, introduce two firearms, um, one of which I really think is uh, impressive. I haven't played with the other one yet, uh, but this thing is really remarkable. I can't wait to get my uh, hands on, uh, on this. I've been promised an opportunity to shoot one just like this, but we'll talk about that later. In the meantime, and he did promise. You heard it, right? I did. I he did. Said, I can attest to it. Okay. You have well, a witness. That's, I, need, I need to know for sure that I'm covered here. <laughs> Turn around and tell me when I get out there uh, next yeah. week. No, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> I got it recorded, pal. I, I will be more than happy to go to a range and shoot that gun or one somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we'll talk about that gun uh, in the next hour. Uh, Do you guys watch the uh, the saga that unfolded uh, in? Um, um, I was going to say Boston, but it's not Boston. It's uh, in Philly? Maryland. Oh. Or was it Philly? The six officers? Yeah, yeah. that was Philly. Philly. Uh, did you guys watch that unfold on TV? No. I didn't watch it unfold, but I kept up as best as I could. I mean, it just I kept thinking that it would end in no time at all. Um, and it it just kept going and going. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it finally ended the next morning, I think. It was, uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, when I was getting up to do the, the morning show prep, it was it was just wrapping up. Uh, but while they, while the police officers were there, they were being taunted mm-hmm. by people. Um, there seems to be a blatant disrespect for police. Yep. Uh, and I, I wonder what, why that is. Now I know uh, that there are some bad cops out there. There are mm-hmm. bad everything's out there, and it's no surprise that every once in a while you find a bad cop. But by and large, most of them are pretty good. And uh, you'd be surprised, I think, if you really stop to think about how often they risk their lives. I mean, just just pulling somebody over for a speeding ticket is mm-hmm. a risk to them. 
Because mm-hmm. you know who they are. If you're a bad guy, you know that, you know, that's a cop. I got to take him out or whatever it is mm-hmm. if you're a bad guy. But the police officer doesn't have any idea who you are. Yep. So every time he does that, or she, uh, they are risking their lives. Every time somebody calls up and says, uh, I pulled in my driveway and the door of my house was kicked in. And, a, and the police show up and they go clear the house. They're risking their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so here they are doing what they're, what they're being told to do. And they're being taunted by police. And there's this, this uh, kind of wave of disrespect that we've seen building over the last couple of years. Any idea what it's about? I wish I knew. Yeah, same here. I, I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, at least, the, I, and I'm happy that that's the way my brain works. Is mm-hmm. I can't figure that out. We better figure it out because um, it's having a, a deleterious effect around mm-hmm. the country. Uh, there are fewer and fewer people who want to go into law enforcement. Uh, more and more people who want to get out of law enforcement. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and all of that is dangerous. Yeah. Now that's not to say that we don't have some bad laws that we, you know that we need to get rid of uh, because they find themselves enforcing laws that I would argue are probably unconstitutional. But that's a matter of us getting rid of those laws. It's not a matter of the police doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not sure what it, uh, what it takes, but there's an interesting story that unfolded with a, um, uh, a coach uh, who was stopped by the police. Apparently he had reported his vehicle stolen and then it was somehow recovered but it didn't come off the stolen car list. So the police pulled him over, pulled out their guns, and told him to get out of the car, to turn around, to walk backwards, hands up. Mm-hmm. All of the things that you would imagine a police officer would do to make sure that he didn't get shot while stopping a car thief. Mm-hmm. Well, if this had been a black man instead of a white guy, I think they would have just m- painted a picture of abuse uh, and and uh, viciousness on the part of law enforcement. But it is exactly the way they treat everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, th- I think the reason that uh, law enforcement are, are struggling with this is because the media are struggling with this. The media are the ones who are turning these stories into racist stories. And, well, they're trying uh, to make the them. news. I mean, they're, they're, ta- they're taking something that... I mean, no offense, shouldn't really be newsworthy, and yep. they're blowing it out of proportion and trying to make news out of it at times. Because, I mean, if you think about it, a felony traffic stop, you know, unfortunately is a pretty, re- you know, somewhat regular occurrence. So, I mean, th- this is done, you know, time in and time out throughout the country, you know, all the time. Um, and But if it's a white guy, it doesn't get covered. If it's a black guy, they make it seem as though the police are picking on black people. Right. Uh, and, I, I, you know, they treated this guy just the way they would treat anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter... Or in, in fact, I was watching a, a program on, on uh, The Five uh, on Fox News yesterday. And uh, they've got... Uh, frankly, he's outnumbered. They've got one progressive uh, Democrat, and uh, the rest are all pretty much conservatives. He was black, and he's he's... He pointed out uh, that it was terrible that they were, you know, treating this guy like that. And he even recognized that it was a black guy. It would be all over the news. Mm -hmm. So I think the media is responsible for this spike in 
anti-police Absolutely. behavior. Oh, yeah. I mean, even think about roles reversed of with like the group in Philly that was harassing the police officers. Yeah. Anything like that you're seeing, it's going to be a black citizen against cops. You're not seeing many other demographics in the media doing that. Um, California, in Los Angeles, the city council and the mayor signed a bill that said if you are a contractor that does business with the city and you also are a supporter of the NRA, you have to disclose that. The NRA filed suit. Um, the city tried to block that from going to court. The judges turned the city down. It is going to court. Um, this is a freedom of association question. Uh, it is designed specifically, I think, uh, on the part of the city of Los Angeles to paint any of the contractors uh, as evil and to prevent them from supporting the NRA. I'm seeing progressives using blackmail, and, and not just in this spectrum, not just with guns, but in other areas, too. Uh, there was a, uh, a presidential candidate running for uh, uh, the nomination of the Democratic Party. His brother uh, released, literally almost doxing, a bunch of people who supported President Trump that live in his community. They're starting to use the media to blackmail supporters of anything they oppose, and that includes the city council in Los Angeles uh, doing that to NRA supporters. Uh, I don't know where this leads, uh, but I think it's an ugly uh, step in the wrong direction. I hope the NRA prevails on that case yeah, because it really is not good. Uh, a Bay Area man committed to a psych ward as a teen is suing to get his own guns. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to Gary on Guns, 93.9 The Eagle.